Two weeks ago, Judy Tobin died. A lot of you know Judy Tobin, such a wonderful person. Judy and Mike Tobin were married almost 60 years. Judy was a very delightful person, very involved with this parish. Her children and grandchildren are very much a big part of Spiritus. One time, Judy's father, Mike's father-in-law, said to Mike, Mike, I have two daughters. I give one daughter four quarters. The next week, she comes back and gives me eight quarters. The second daughter, I give four quarters to. The next week, she comes back and asks me for four more. <laughs> Mike, unfortunately, you married the second daughter. <laughs> so on the surface, it seems that the first daughter is successful and competent and smart, and the second daughter is unsuccessful, incompetent, and needy. But Judy was far from that, far from that. And from Mike's point of view, it wasn't unfortunately you married the second daughter, it was fortunately I married the second daughter. So it raises the question, what does it mean to be fortunate? Who is fortunate? Who is blessed? Who is happy in this world? And that's what Jesus deals with in the Sermon on the Mount, beginning with the Beatitudes. What does it mean to be fortunate or blessed? Now the world's list of Beatitudes might be something like this. Blessed are the rich and the famous, the healthy, the productive, the pushy, and the aggressive because they'll get what they want. Last Sunday, the Buffalo Bills had a meltdown. That was tough, wasn't it? And for some people, the Cowboys, they lost too. So why is this so painful? Because we like to win. We like to be number one. We like to be on the top. And we take credit when our team wins. But Jesus' list of Beatitudes is not a list of top dogs, fat cats, movers and shakers, beautiful people. It's not a list of winners. And as a matter of fact, Jesus was not a winner in our terms, in the world's terms. Look at his life. He wasn't a winner. But he tells us what really makes us happy. What makes us happy is not external things, but internal characteristics. Like when we put others first, when we bring peace to our families, when we're compassionate and kind, when we end racism and injustice in our city, when we find God in our brokenness and in our mistakes and failures. So the humble, the merciful, the peacemakers all have opportunities to grow. We are blessed when we grow morally. This year we're reading from Matthew's Gospel. Every Sunday is Matthew's Gospel. One of Matthew's themes is that Jesus is the new Moses. He's saying, if you think Moses is great, look at Jesus. He's even better. So Matthew says that Jesus goes up the mountain to pray, just as Moses goes up the mountain. He sits down in the position of a teacher, just as Moses was a teacher. And now he interprets, his, interprets Moses' commandments in a new way for a new generation of believers. So he begins with Beatitudes, what it means to be fortunate or happy. The Beatitudes are called the Magna Carta of the kingdom of God. They form the mission statement for followers of Christ like us. Henry Nouwen once called the Beatitudes the self-portrait of Jesus. Jesus begins with perhaps the most important one. Blessed are the poor in spirit. You've heard me tell this story a lot of times because I looked up to this man, Bishop Bernard Topol of Spokane, Washington, when I was a teenager. I read about his story and I was very inspired. So this wonderful bishop out in Spokane he decided to sell the 
Episcopal, the bishop's mansion, and he, he bought a farmhouse out in the country, grew his vegetables in the backyard, just was a simple person, loved his congregation, they loved him. But unfortunately, he got Alzheimer's, and so he had to go to a nursing home. So a reporter went out to do a story on this great bishop. But during the interview, he couldn't remember his best friend's names. He couldn't remember things that happened. And finally, the reporter just closed his book and said, Bishop, it's tough to get old, isn't it? And he just looked out the window and he said, well, all my life I've given everything to God. If God wants my mind, God can have that too. My mother used to say, growing old is settling for less and less. Anybody relate to that? <laughs> you settle for less and less. You keep adjusting to less and less. Being poor in spirit is what the people in AA call powerlessness. Relying on your higher power for everything. A summary of the 12 steps might be this. I can't do it. You can, God, so please help. The metaphor for powerlessness in the Bible is the barren woman. And there's so many stories about a barren woman. It's not the self-sufficient, fertile women that are blessed, but the barren one who's unable and needs help from outside. The male metaphor for powerlessness is the second son. The Jews valued the first son. But Jacob, the second son, is blessed over Esau, his older brother. The prodigal son is blessed over his older brother. So when you're powerless, you need God. That's why you're blessed. Because you need God. When you're self-sufficient, when I've been self-sufficient over the years, I don't even think about God. I just rely on my own resources. Everything's great. But then when you get broken, when you fail, when something happens, when somebody's taken away from you, then you need God, and that's why you're blessed. The next beatitude. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. I'm thinking about this a lot because my brother-in-law, Leo, just died. I have known him since he was nine years old, and I was very close to him. It's a big loss, and I really appreciate everybody's expressions of kindness. And also, uh, Mary Lou Luntz's mother died this week. Mary Lou sings in our choir, so our hearts go out to her. And uh, Joseph de Jesus died this morning. He's the father of Rick de Jesus. And yesterday we had the funeral for Phyllis Kane. So there's been a lot of deaths recently. There's a place in Sedona, Arizona called Care Farm. It's where bereaved people take refuge and let out their grief. At the farm, all the animals are rescue animals. They've been neglected or abused. And so the bereaved people feed them, they pet them, they take them for walks, or they just sit by them and cry with them. When we see the sufferings of others, we're connected to a bigger picture. When we help others in pain, our own pain becomes redemptive. Some Japanese companies offer their employees a heartache leave. A heartache leave. Days off when they break up with their partners. Not a bad idea. For a young person, one day. Older people, two or three days. We all need time to absorb our losses. Blessed are those who mourn. They will be comforted. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for justice. They shall be satisfied. We need to refuse to accept, we need to refuse to accept the world as it is. We can't accept all the injustices. 
We should never stop in addressing those injustices, even in small ways. And you probably know that yesterday was the sixth anniversary of Reverend Myra's ordination to the priesthood. It wasn't easy. It was a hard-fought fight, achievement of justice for women and for black people. With the recent death of Cardinal Ratzinger, who became Pope Benedict, it may be the beginning of the end of clericalism and patriarchy in the church. It might be just the beginning of decentralization, where all the power is in one place in Rome. It might be the beginning of gender equality and the rise of a new global church envisioned by Vatican Council. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for justice. We've got to keep, keep picking it away, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. I never knew what this meant when I was young. I thought it had something to do with sex. Blessed are the pure of heart. But I've, I've grown in my understanding. There's a commercial about a family walking into a creepy diner the place is dark, it's empty, there's only one guy sitting in a dark booth on the side. They see this cook, a huge, scary-looking guy with a scruffy beard. The family is scoping this out to see if this is a good place for their family to have lunch. And just as they're ready to leave, the wife spots something very familiar, a bottle of Heinz ketchup. <laughs> the music starts. The parents smile and nod. The final scene is the family having a great time at the, the booth, happy faces. The moral of the story comes up on the screen. Find the goodness. Being pure of heart means finding the goodness. Look beyond the externals. Look beyond the judgments. We're always making judgments. How people look, what they're doing. You think up stories about them. We have these negative thoughts about people. We have, we have all these judgments. Look beyond the judgments. Look beyond the externals and see the goodness. Find the goodness in every situation, in every person, even in ourselves. We're often strangers to our own goodness. When we look beyond the externals, we see beauty, which is another name for God. We see beauty. We see God. And that's why Jesus says, blessed are the pure of heart, they shall see God. You get beyond the externals, you see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. They shall be called the children of God. There's a North Dakota prison notorious for its out-of-control violence. The guards have terrible attitudes toward the prisoners. So the prison decided to address this issue, and they drew up a new protocol for the guards. The guards had to have, to have at least two conversations a day with a prisoner two conversations a day with a prisoner, which was pretty hard for them. But soon, the guards started enjoying their, their work. They started a choir. They started painting classes. Staff and inmates started to play basketball together. The violence in the prison went right down dramatically because social contact engenders trust, solidarity, mutual kindness. When you treat the stranger, when you treat the other with dignity, you act like God. That's what God does. God treats everybody with dignity. And when we do that with people who are different from us, we act like God. That's why Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers. They shall be called children of God. They'll look like God. We look like God when we make peace. 
Spiritus Christi tries to follow these beatitudes, which is the core of our spirituality, not successfully all the time by any means, but we try. This is what we try to do. So, blessed are the poor in spirit. We try to live with less. We tithe our money to people around the world. We support projects in Born Haiti and Chiapas, Mexico. We want to depend on God, not our money. So we try to live with less. Blessed are the humble. As you know, Jesus Christ is our senior pastor. We try not to make our importance felt, since he is the leader. We also try to give attention to those who are humble, the little ones in our church, the children, and we're going to make a bigger push as time goes on to make children the priority in our parish. Blessed are the humble. Blessed are those who mourn. Our Caring Connection spends time with grieving people. Friday, February 3rd, our Caring Connection is going to have a lunch for caregivers in the parish who take care of people in their own family, infirm mothers or fathers, uh, disabled members of the family. They give them showers, they make the meals every day. They are totally under the, under the radar. These are people doing wonderful work every single day for members of their family, and our Caring Connection wants to pamper them with a nice meal on February 3rd. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the merciful. Here at Spiritus, we try to forgive past hurts done to our parish, try to remain positive, and we try to offer second chances to people who are divorced, people coming from penal institutions, people in recovery. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for justice. We try to end racism and sexism in our church, our city, and we try to seek justice for LGBTQ people and for immigrants. So, like Jesus, we try to care more about people's sufferings than about people's mistakes. Actually, mistakes are not that important. We try to care for people's sufferings much more than about people's mistakes. We try not to satisfy our own desires, but to seek the well-being of friends and enemies around the world. We seek the well-being of our enemies around the world. And the Beatitudes provide an alternative to all the power and prestige, all the competition and conflict in this world. When we follow the Beatitudes, we find happiness. And like Mike Tobin marrying the second daughter, we become fortunate and blessed by our good decisions.